strangers and residents of Angel Grove, welcome to the Sentai Truther Club. I am your host, Grav, and with me is my lovely comrade, Kennedy. Hey, everybody. And today we have an amazing guest uh, in preparation for uh, late night Sentai Truther Club dub edition. I've invited Carl Zah on from the Silk and Steel podcast. Welcome to the show. Thank you for inviting me. The record, I do not sound like Kermit the Frog. <laughs> I don't know why people think I sound like Kermit, but I don't. <laughs> yeah, as a, as a big fan of Kermit the Frog, uh, you definitely don't sound like it, unless like Kermit the Frog got a Chinese dub, maybe. Is that the case? <laughs> <laughs> That'd be really interesting. Re uh redubbing the Muppet Show, but for Chinese audiences. That would be that especially would be if they film some new stuff like Power Rangers style. Yeah, like everybody loves Raymond, but dubbed for the Chinese audiences. <laughs> I remember they had trouble doing that sort of stuff in like uh, other markets in, in Europe where they would like import Seinfeld and stuff after the fall of the Soviet bloc. Fun stuff, fun stuff. Hell world, hell world. <laughs> Actually, my, my Taiwanese friend, uh, Xiaomi, just introduced me to the Taiwanese dub of South Park. So what, what they, they totally localize the show because uh, what they do is they, they will have all the voice actors, actors, and, and writers watch South Park, uh, and then they, they watch it without without sound. And then they try to figure out, they, they first understand the storyline, and then they watch it without sound, and then try to, try to figure out how to make it relevant to, like, the, <laughs> the Chinese the, <laughs> the kids in Taiwan, and they will like do like, Chinese dialogue, um, but they will reference like like pop culture, like the Greater China pop culture. You know, like hmm. they will talk about like they'll start throwing reference about like martial arts, uh, martial arts movies or novels, <laughs> like like Carmen. Or, like no, no, there was an episode where you sent me like where the uh, Mr. Garrison was making reference to like. To like a Hong Kong martial arts movie. It was great. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. So, what's your experience with like Sentai in general? Because I think you were you were telling me prior to the show uh, that you this was your first time watching Power Rangers. So, what what's your what was your experience with Super Sentai then? Uh, yeah, so actually, I, uh, I I can't claim too much experience. What I have watched is back in 1980s <laughs> when the Japanese uh, these the Japanese TV series children show star first made their way into China because like back in uh, up to cultural you know throughout cultural revolution, China was kind of cut off from the outside world because of Western sanctions. But with uh, Nixon visit in 1972, and, and also Nixon visited China, it was a secret trip, so they didn't tell the Japanese. And so when that news broke out, the, the Japanese uh, Japanese government freaked out because they thought they were like the closest buddy of US, US in, 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 in East Asia. They're like on the front line of the Cold War. And then here's Nixon going behind their back and make a secret deal with Mao. So they freaked out, and that was called the Nixon shock. In, uh, in Japan. So then the Japanese foreign minister, Japanese prime minister, they all went to China. 
they they try to like uh, they, then they they very quickly normalize a relationship. And then there was a brief period of kind of Sino-Japanese honeymoon period from like late 70s to like mid 80s. I, I grew up in that era because I'm, uh, you know, for your audience who might not know that I, I'm, I'm pretty old. I was born in 1976. So, so I was a kid in 1980. And there was a show. I, I just had it on my browser. I, I'm going to see if I can, I, I, if I can find it now. Um, it's it's a it's a it's a show it's it's um man, I just had it had the Wikipedia open too. So in, in Chinese, translated Chinese is called uh um actually I don't remember what the show name is called, but there's um there's a device in the show called Zenjian Da Pao, which uh in the, in in Japanese would have been um oh hold on hold on I I'm, I'm googling it right dinosaur, now was it I, I dinosaur it. corpse Kosaiden? yes yes the dinosaur corpse uh, Kosen Titan and and because it was so fresh when it came to China you know there's time travel there's dinosaurs and there's robots <laughs> are you for a yeah. like me that was amazing like we, <laughs> we never seen anything like that before um and and, and one of the thing that was uh, uh uh one of the the, the their secret weapon they're called uh, uh i'm not sure how to pronounce this in japanese uh like they, they call it zenjian da pao which in japanese means uh like the human cannon right literally the human cannon but zenjian in the the chinese because Chinese Japanese we use the same characters. The kanji characters um, in Japanese I think is probably pronounced ningen, uh-huh. uh, but in Chinese zenjian which means totally different. It means mortal world. So so it's like instead of human canon, it's like this mortal world canon. It just sounds like so weird. But it's, weird. <laughs> it's like the impression I got as a kid, like I'm watching fan, it's like. Japanese thing is so weird, but so cool, and and so that is my experience with like the Sentai type of uh, show. And then I went to, I I came to US in 1990, right? And then that's mm-hmm. when the you know the, the brought from Power Rangers, and I was like, oh, I, I remember something like I know the copy it off of the Japanese because I seen this before. <laughs> so <laughs> but, you were in the but know, never... but no one else was here in America. We were all thinking that. You know, the people on screen, Tommy, Jason, Kimberly, Billy, you know, Zach, the rest of them, Trini, we thought that they were actually the actors that were going out and beating up the monsters on screen. We didn't <laughs> know that it was cut for Japanese footage until much later. <laughs> and then it's like, it was like those internet things where it's just like, oh, did you know, dude, like on the back of a pineapple, a Snapple fact, it says that Power Rangers was filmed in Japan, and it was actually like redubbed over here um, <laughs> by good old Hayim Saban. Uh, yeah, um, for sure. It's definitely a very interesting experience because you guys kind of got that first taste of the redubbing before the Americans did, except like we added that whole like yeah. slice of life aspect to it. That's yeah. that's very <laughs> cool though, because like. The most like Asian solidarity that I see through Japanese pop culture media is something like G Gundam, which was like, what is the Japanese's racist depictions of other other countries realized in a Gundam 
fighting anime where they do martial arts and Gundams. <laughs> and basically, you had uh, the the only person that was really able to stand up to the Japanese was China, and uh, you had uh, the Chinese character in there um, was able to like fend off against the Japanese's special move. Except the Japanese was like, wait, I have another special move. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> but, the, but the Chinese were always depicted as like a cunning force seen on near equal footing. You know, that, that, that type of thing. I'm sure, of course, as the years have gone on, it's more or less like Japan has just gotten more imperialistic. Uh, but it's nice to see that there was like some sort of like a sort of like Asian solidarity <laughs> for like a, a good moment to like be like, ah, yes, we need to take on the Westerners before they take over the entire world. <laughs> Come on, guys. Like, please, please. <laughs> so, yeah, that, that's really awesome that, that you guys got that sort of taste before the American audiences did. Now, what you're seeing here is actually. I got my, I got my anime. I got my anime. You know, back in like 1982, right? Like, like mm. there was a. So, so there, there was a Japanese uh, cartoon about uh, shit. I only know the Chinese translation called Senin Dadi, but about a lion, about a a baby cub lion that grew up and uh, and and became the king of the jungle, right? So when I first saw Disney's Lion King, I'm like, wait a minute. Did they just rip off the Japanese? <laughs> I remember I remember Simba. I remember Simba in a Japanese anime back in the 1980s. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, I have to ask one last question just because I, I know my friend would kill me if I didn't ask this question. As you know, he, he watches uh, some Chinese dramas like The Legend of Shen Huan. And, um, he was basically saying that how, like, because of the inner politics of countries like China, how that directly correlates to the media that they produce. And so, like, I've been um, kind of watching more Chinese media myself as of late. Like, uh, I recently watched the that not Disney's new Mulan movie, but the Mulan movie that came out in like 2007, I think, or 2009, somewhere around that time. They got like really high critical praise, and China was like, "Yes, we 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 decree that this is a good Mulan movie. You can watch this." Like I watched that. Is that, is that the one with uh, Donnie Yen in it? Yeah, because the, there's like a whole bunch of Mulan movies. Yeah. <laughs> it's the one where that Mulan one has like PTSD, and it's like an anti-war movie. And then. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there's a uh, Dragon Blade as well with Jackie Chan in 2015, which is also seen as like an anti-imperialistic movie. It kind of shows off like the sort of hypocrisy of the Roman Empire, but you can directly translate that to just the evolution of Western culture uh, as time goes the, on. The, the, my my uh, friend who you know have children and then watch Disney movie with them, the way he explained it is that. The Mulan uh, movie in, in, in Dis Disney, that's for children. Whereas the Chinese Mulan movies are made for adults. So that's why you, the Chinese uh, Chinese Mulan movie is really a little bit darker and like deal with more like real relationships. That, that's the way he put it. I think that's, that's about right. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> and, and he was saying that like that sort of uh, 
that those sorts of like ideals and stuff, right? The Chinese, because the 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 Communist Party of China, like constantly has political consciousness at the forefront of their average citizens. It creates for more media that respects the viewer versus like what we get over here, which is uh, you know, you have a bunch of professional managers thinking that something is too smart for kids, so therefore they have to dumb it down, right? Um, this is kind of like the last. But, 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 but I'm gonna interject on that. Like, there's a selection bias here because only the good stuff that made it made, made, made the top and get translated in subtitle in English. You haven't seen the horrible stuff. There's plenty of bad stuff. I guarantee you. And there's like whole genre of like uh, kind of the World War II uh, uh, dramas and, and movies. Uh, uh, that's made in China, and and a lot of people think sus suspect they're made for like money laundering because the quality is so bad. I mean, like, 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 so, like uh, just imagine kind of Logan's hero, you know, like kind that kind of depiction of like the cartoon villains of, of like the, the Japanese cartoon villains and like the Chinese. Hero with his kung fu will like uh, you know basically wipe out like eight hundred Japanese uh, soldiers on screen. Right. <laughs> right. Well, there's also the, I recall there being a critique of like you guys will have an American stereotype on that like speaks English or something like that, but it's kind of like not translated too well. <laughs> <laughs> so it's kind of like ah yes like there's this serious american character but because the translation isn't done too hot uh it kind of is seen as like a, a stereotype that doesn't play out too well when you when viewed by english audiences but who cares get their asses am i right <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, oh so so you know like uh there's um you know, there's there's obvious a lot of yellow facing in Hollywood, but there there's actually white facing in in China in old Chinese movies because they didn't have a lot of uh, a white actor, you know, British American imperialist in the old days in the 1980s. So they just have like Chinese actors making like fake, wearing like fake long beard and then fake long wig, and, and <laughs> um, you, you will see there was a 1982. Uh, 1982 or 1984 co-production between Hong Kong and, and China called the Opium War or, or the burning down of the South Summer Palace uh, about the Second Opium War. So so in that movie, like the close up of the British commander, you're like, oh, that's obviously a Chinese guy, like the fake uh, blonde beard. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. Because back then they just don't have you know, Western actors to, to portray. Ready to <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. yeah, that's very interesting. Um, well, you know, speaking of like some of the best, that, some of the hand-selected best media that I chose to pick out, of course, to represent Chinese media, you're getting like one of the best seasons of Power Rangers. You watch the the intro episodes to literally the season just before 9/11 happening. So, like, this is like liberal utopia at its peak being depicted in, in Power Rangers. And, uh, uh, I, I would more or less say last season definitely had a lot more of like the sort of like command economy, liberal utopia, socialist, like capital is on its retreat. 
socialism is on the rise. Unionism is like a big thing here in the United States. And, you know, we're, we're reassembling the USSA and things are going great. Uh, <laughs> um, so that was time- like, that was whole of, you're talking about the whole of like the decade of 90s, right? When the, when the Power Rangers came out, because that was a, that was a decade when the Soviet Union collapsed. Francis Fukuyama wrote his book, uh, The End of History. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and like, yeah. it's going to be, it's going to be the endless, uh, you know, liberal democracy from, from now to the, to the end, to the very end. That's, we have reached the end of human revo- evolution, right? Now we're at the pinnacle, <laughs> and, right. and there's nowhere else to go. Yeah. Yes, yes. And so this this happens. This is before the dreaded militarization of everything. You know, I'm so glad you brought up the the end of history because that was like the thought that I had as soon as I started watching Time Force. I'm like five minutes in, and I, that's all I can think about, you know, is uh, Francis Fukuyama. This is it. This is it. <laughs> yeah, so according um, to our uh, Sentai Truther, before we get started on the, the intro episodes, the, uh, according to our Sentai Truther timeline, 1992, it's the USSA. Things are going great. Um, the first couple of years are pretty sick. You have the next generation of people leading the world. It's awesome. The USSA's Gorbachev comes into power, dissolves the USSA. We've got the fall of the Berlin Wall in uh, Zio, and then Yeltsin comes in for Turbo, Power Rangers Turbo, and it's the dismantling. And then uh, you've got Power Rangers in space, which, uh, thanks to alien technology, is then open-sourced and brought back to Earth. Uh, A couple of years later, things are going great. Except uh, the capitalists need a new enemy, or else they they'll fall to socialism. So they invent an enemy, and they're going like, okay, well, we need to search for uh, space. We need to go out into space and uh, colonize other areas and protect against evil over there. So they jet they jet off to find another world in their own spaceship, and it's heavily unsafe, and it doesn't follow OSHA procedures and everything. <laughs> they they through through sheer humanity and sacrificing probably like eighty percent of their population, they find another habitable world, and they fuck off. And then the capitalists, uh, the rest of the capitalists that didn't go off into a different planet are on the retreat in like Europe and other places. Um, they start to plunder re- more resources out of Africa, which comes out with other demons. Uh, the USSA is back on track to form a new block. Um, we get some socialism. We're back to command economy. Things are going great again. The Power Rangers are set as a defense force made by the government. And so here we start with Time Force, which takes place a thousand years into the future. And the last criminal on Earth is an Australian. <laughs> Let's go! <laughs> you love to see it. um yeah so so lightspeed kind of left off with this impression that like earth was in a pretty good place again as as grav has kind of gotten at with our sort of uh truth or timeline yeah in in time force they've pretty much eliminated crime now we discover that there actually are more criminals than rancic still remaining but 
there's only one criminal left that's actually like worth talking about. There's only one like super villain left, and that's this guy Rancic. He looks like a Mad Max extra. He talks like a Mad Max extra because Mad Max was filmed in Australia. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's just a a hilarious and interesting intro. Uh, the Time Force themselves are slick and sci-fi they got these uniforms that get dirty in two seconds they're having to wash them every five minutes of filming <laughs> yeah they didn't it's really a beautiful thing uh, <laughs> they, they're they really awesome outfits like these are close to the power rangers in space outfits that we like to talk about so much very stylish for sure I just realized that was released in 2001. Holy crap. Like, I, the first I was watching it, I was like, this, this looks like it's from, like, 1980s, right? Because, <laughs> <laughs> okay, in, in my mind, because I, when I came to the U.S. in 1998, then Power Ranger came out. So in my, in my mental, mental image, Power Ranger is still this, like, new, fresh thing. And then when I first uh, watched the clip you sent me, I was like, Wow, this is so old. You know, this is so dated. I mean, like, seriously, like, some of the stuff, it seems like a cheap uh, Star Wars knockoff. Like, I'm talking about original Star Wars, not even, like, the, the latest reboots in franchise. And, and I, I'm like, I'm watching. But you know what? I, I like that the fact that it's so cheesy, but all the... Are very professional. They, 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 they actually have a straight face all throughout the, 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 the drama. I, I give them props for that because I, I just can't help but laughing just, just watching it. It's, it's, thank you for bringing this enjoyment to my life. Uh, yeah, not a problem. <laughs> We're glad you love it. We're glad you love it. Keep in mind, this is this is one of the be- this is notoriously one of the best seasons. So you're. You you got brought out to the good stuff. If I had showed you some of the awful stuff, you'd you'd probably think different. <laughs> You'll probably be like, man, you had to get me on for this stuff. You couldn't get me on for the good stuff. <laughs> Thank you. I actually didn't realize we were in the future until like like uh, five minutes in that, that when they start showing like flying cars and stuff. Oh, okay, then this is the future. Before yeah. I was like, oh, okay, so. Because I I did it, in the beginning I didn't I didn't even click this is supposed to happen in the future I was trying to figure out what kind of timeline is it that they have these uh now 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 all the all the police force wear these kind of tight uniforms and stuff I mean like uh but, but it's it's very it's very diverse so I, I give them that they have a I have a diverse crew they they got you know it's a you know they have, they got the diversity power incorporated so that was good. <laughs> I agree. That's something that Power Rangers consistently nailed, especially for its era. A lot of the superhero type stuff in America was just like white men saving people, you know, and not a lot of variation. And uh, a lot of times if you did have some variation, it was presented in a weird way. Like in Batman, every woman is like some bizarre, like basket case person, you know, like that is not like a... Yeah, that's like that's not like a positive thing that a lot of people are looking at and thinking, gosh, I feel so wonderfully, you know, <laughs> like 
uh, represented by that. No, no, not at all. Uh, so yeah, Power Rangers definitely like they they fall off of it certain seasons, but I think they realized at a certain point that this was part of the appeal and that this was like you know one of the things that was making their show successful was that people of different ethnic, cultural, uh, sexual, um, gender, etc. You know. Um, backgrounds, orientations, etc., were tuning into this because they were seeing a diverse group of people save the day, and that's really there's there's a lot of special things to some of that in terms of like the heartwarming aspects, and then there's also a lot we of like really stupid aspects. Too, we would never see a Joel or a TJ performance of previous seasons, you know, in a white guy. No. Like you, you just you just wouldn't see it. So like yeah. the the diversity the diversity hires definitely like help improve the show just in general. Like you get way more dynamicism than you do with just you know the white guy as the the sixth ranger or the white guy as the red ranger. You know, not to say that there isn't like really awesome white actors on this show that have played these roles before, but it's just like you get such like you get stuff you don't see in other shows because of the diversity hires in Power Rangers. And I think yeah. even though it still has like its capitalist, super like capitalist and exploitative moments in the show, you also get like really awesome, like racially charged episodes or something like that, where it, it actually has something to say. It actually has bite to it. Now, I, I do have more to point so out though. I think that's also kind of reflective of the era, like 1990s, mm-hmm. 2000. That's when, like, the media started to realize there's a market, you know, to to bring in uh, a, a, a people of color, you know, like there's there's profit to be made, and and but still, like, there was a lot of uh, still a lot of uh, people are still not quite used to it yet. Because I remember David Letterman, of all people said on his show he, he was talking about the in living color and and the the, the, the in living color because it's mostly uh, people of color uh, uh cast and and then one comment david litterman made back in 1990s that really stood out for me was he said oh uh he he, he threw out an offhand comment it's like oh it's like living in living color all black and no stars <laughs> like, like like i was like Damn, dude. <laughs> dude, Oof. you said that's supposed to be funny? I'd be like, yeah, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I think I think Power Rangers, like, at the very, like, they kind of took the Obama approach. Um, this is where they finally, I think this this intro episodes is, is where they, they're like, let's give Hillary a chance. <laughs> and I, I, I must point out I must point out because some of our viewers will will take notice of it. This season is wider than last season. Yeah, I have to I do have to make a point of that. However, what they do do in this intro, uh, and I'm hoping that this continues through the season, uh, is uh, they don't blink on the concept that they touched on in Lost Galaxy of having a pink ranger leader. Because they kind of hint in Lost Galaxy at like maybe Kendricks could be the shadow leader or even the leader of the team at first. And then they sort of let that fall off. Uh, and here in this season, they make it clear right away that the Pink Ranger's in charge here. Um, the Red Ranger can shut up and stand in line when he's supposed to. 
yeah. and that's yeah. a that's a really interesting change you know that's that is uh something that we've been kind of wondering if they would do something like this at some point and uh this is the first time that they're kind of leaning into that concept of like a woman in charge it's her turn yeah it's also like it also gets you to have like i I was thinking about it too but like mostly because of the black history month tweet thread that I, i was showing kennedy the other day uh from power rangers i was like wow this is like the only show that could constantly say like almost every season they've had like a bunch of diversity picks so because of that they get to have like a 20 something three the tweet thread of like all of their black actors on there. And I'm like, yeah, you could flex it. But like also you had two black actors on the uh, like out of all of the seasons, you had two black uh, men uh, hired on for Power Rangers SPD. And that's the, the propaganda season. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, come on. But, 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 but why is it? Why? Why is the Asian Power Ranger the Yellow Ranger though? I yeah. have to know that. The yeah, that, that's process. what I'm saying. Like the the Asian, unfortunately, the Asian, um, the Asian Americans that get picked to get hired on, um, also don't get the best writing. Um, it's just consistently <laughs> that we've seen now. Oh, that, yeah. Now we're the, now we're there, like now that we're at like almost <laughs> ten seasons deep. Just like almost all of the Asian American picks uh, haven't been that good. There's been an extreme amount of woke I, racism I, towards Asians in the Power Rangers. Yeah, it seems like other than like black men and to to an exter- a certain extent um, black women as well, the other other ethnicity. Oh, and also uh, Latino men too. Um, good representation there, but like really only like how many picks for that, right? Yeah. Uh, like <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, Adam's a good one. Adam's a good Asian American pick, but really, that gets held up by one, by one episode of Heroes. <laughs> um, uh, there, but- there's so much. There's they so often in Power Rangers, in particular, with the Asian American characters, with with the root of like the representation comes in the form of like really awkward, like yes, I, I'm good at kung fu because that's my that's in my blood type of yes. like just weird like you're just you're just like that who wrote this <laughs> like, yeah like what? Yeah. <laughs> what what was it gung-ho gung-ho yeah, that episode is so cringe oh my god ancient say gung-ho <laughs> yeah if my, if my asian brothers do this i can say embrace it no, that's how I, I that's how I met my ex. She asked me if I know Kung Fu. I said yes, of course. <laughs> <laughs> but like that was the nineties, right? It was like, okay, we've dealt with racism for so long and it came to a head kind of like in the eighties, right? Like I was even watching Trading Places, sorry to get away from this. But, like, I was watching Trading Places, and, like, there was, like, that vehement, like, racism that was really palpable in cinema in America. In, in America, And so, like, when you get into the 90s, they're like, well, 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 let's spin this for a positive, right? So then you started seeing, like, the whole, like, well, let's, like, culturally diverse, and let's, uh, let's introduce, like, spirituality and stuff. But, what, but, but the thing is, is, like, certain races are treated better than others. Even in that context, right? Like the the white man has guilt, has some guilt towards like 
and so, like towards black people, but not towards like um definitely not towards Native Americans. Like they, well, like, they it's just absolutely cruel what they do to Native Americans in this show. It's bad. Let me just uh say that this is nineteen nineties. Well, I remember when I when this side got was all the praise in the you know, critical praise everywhere in the US. And I was like, dude. Miss Saigon, this is so cringe. It's about, it's like literally a white savior story, you know, about yeah. American GI from Vietnam meets a working girl, like a Vietnamese working girl. I mean, this is, I mean, especially, you know, with that, we think about what preceded that, you know, that that uh, famous, infamous scene from, uh, from uh, Full Metal Jacket, you know, me love you long time. With yeah. that kind of cultural background, shown in Saigon like oh and then like I was in high school at the time I was in the US it's like why people why is this like highly celebrated why is this thing celebrated why, <laughs> why can't people see how I mean like now everybody's like oh yeah that's that's Miss Saigon is cancelled but back in 1990s I was like the, I felt like I was the only one and like okay I, I better keep my mouth shut because everybody else was telling me how great that show was I'm like you, 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 you people are weird, man. <laughs> <laughs> all right, sorry to get uh, away from let, it all. We yeah, need to go back to Power Rangers time force. Let's 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 try to quickly jam through this, Carl. Free, feel free to interrupt me, uh, but I'm just gonna start recapping some of what what happened in this two part yeah. intro, which I have to make the quick note back to the two parter. Um, and it's not because like they they drugged their heels. They just had a lot to say this time, and I think it's I think it's all right. You know, I think it's a good thing. Uh, yeah. The one part the one part intros were nice and quick and snappy, but uh, this is some this is some quality stuff. So I'm here for it. Um, so again, so it's a thousand years in the future, year three thousand. Um, the only real super criminal like super villain left is this guy Rantic. Um, the time force have been like tracking him down and he's got like sort of one last plan up his sleeve to try to get some kind of serious advantage for himself uh in spite of the fact that like literally the entire world's police forces are after him in essence is like the impression that you're given and uh downloading a car yeah he he did he downloaded a car that was the big thing that was the big thing in in 2001 (laughs) He downloaded a car. Now he's in trouble. <laughs> um, he he pirated a bunch of albums, and then he burned copies of them for his friends on the CDs. Um, <laughs> Napster three thousand. He's, he's he's the. I think this is like just Napster. This is literally the era of Napster. Yeah. 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 He created Napster. That's what he did. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go back in time with Napster and I'm <laughs> going to change the course of hipstery. Copyright free music for everyone. Uh. So we get introduced to a bunch of time force uh, officers, some of which turn out to be our new power Rangers and as well as their like commanding officer, this guy, captain Logan, captain Logan is like determined that they're going to catch Rancic and all these time force Rangers are just like, they're determined, but, it's complicated uh, because Rancic is trying to complete this time travel device. Um, and his plan is that, you know, since crime is illegal now, he'll go back to when crime was still cool. 
you know, 2001. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But he can't complete his plan. Um, the, uh, The Time Force Rangers engage him in combat, but there's an explosion. Things get a little messy, but they do eventually take him into custody. They realize that like he almost completed this time travel device, and they're like, oh, dang, that was a close one. (laughs) Um, now there's only one thing left to do, which is transport him to a maximum security facility. Before that, there's a little trial sequence. I don't want to skip over that entirely because it's a very weird scene. (laughs) Um, the trial is like, at first it's like, oh, maybe Rancic's getting a fair trial. Like it looks like there's some kind of proceedings going on. And then it's like, okay, judges, what is your ruling? And like three old white guys appear in hologram and they're like guilty. And it's like, okay, this Rancic dude does not seem good, but this is not a fair trial. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not really that, showing. That's a moment when the, when the three old men appear in hologram. That's the moment where I thought, okay, this is like a cheap uh, Star Wars clone. Like, like the clone, not even the, the the Star Wars reboot, like the original Star Wars from nineteen seventies. <laughs> like, and, and and I wasn't sure. I'm like, are these old men? Are are they supposed to be bad guys? Because <laughs> like like that's how like you know the evil senator is supposed to appear. You know, like right. the tyrannical senators. <laughs> yeah, but anyway. <laughs> no, you're totally right. They don't look nice. So, uh, Rancic, you know. The trial rules against him. Um, however, he seems sort of unfazed that he has lost the trial. Um, and it uh, seems that he has plans up his sleeve yet. And sure enough, one of his trusted lieutenants is in the audience. We'll find out more about her uh, in a minute. But uh, yeah, so the, uh, the, the, the Power Rangers have one last job to put Rancic away to take him to a high security facility and end this forever. We've got the last criminal, finally. By the way, it is around this time that it's revealed that Rancic is not, in fact, the only remaining criminal. He's just, like, the only one worth worrying about because they do show them, like, processing some other, like, really petty monster criminals. (laughs) This person stole a key card. (laughs) They deserve 20 years of prison. (laughs) This guy stole as many as three popsicles. We're not sure because they had melted or been eaten. (laughs) (laughs) While uh, the the rangers are transporting the uh, uh, Rancic, they're also freeing some people from the time force, some of these petty monster criminals from the time force prison to prepare things to sort of like get Rancic back. And then sure enough, the, the truck carrying Rancic gets ambushed. And uh, this woman appears first. She kind of pretends to be a distressed motorist, but then she turns into Frieza. That's right. <laughs> yeah, this is a really weird case where, like, Super Sentai just, like, looked at Dragon Ball Z and was like, that's successful. <laughs> Scoop? <laughs> we're just, we're just gonna, we're just gonna take that idea and run with it all the way to the end zone. It's a Toriyama um, property, it's cool. Toriyama doesn't mind. 
Yeah, it's fine. He's been, he makes um, enough money. And it turns out that this is Rancic's daughter, who, and also one of his most important lieutenants and just generally a powerful villain called Nadira, who sometimes shifts into this more human form and disguises herself and hides and sort of plays tricks in that form. This isn't like the last time we're going to see her do something a little like this. And then at other times, shifts into full Frieza mode, as we see here on the road when the armor comes out. She's a gangster, though. Yes. <laughs> I don't understand. Her outfit was cool when she was like pretending to be normal. And when she, when she switched into her super cool mode, just like, she added like a tons of plastic on her. It's like it's, it's like the more plastic, the more cool you are, more awesome you are. So it's like no, but but I, actually, I think that's part of the 1970s uh, Japanese original Japanese aesthetic. So so I, I'm glad to keep that in. But I, I, I did, just didn't under first. I didn't understand the costume change. I was like, she was already cool. You don't want to. You don't need to like kind of push it to the next level. That's not necessary. But. Uh, I don't know. Maybe they're trying to be true to the original or something. No, this is Sentai. You can't this establish it. You can't establish that someone's powerful until they shift into a shiny plastic uniform. <laughs> yep, plastic and rubber, baby. That's how you do it. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's funny that you say that because my little brothers had that sort of visceral reaction when watching modern Power Rangers because they didn't grow up watching Power Rangers like I did. So, like, when I showed them Power Rangers Dino Charge, they saw the, the, the monsters and they were like, wait, why do they look like that? And I'm like, just roll with it. Just roll with it. It's a yes and. It's a yes and prop. Just keep going. Don't mind it. Keep going. <laughs> Take it at face value. <laughs> yes. Yeah. One more little scene that I kind of forgot along the way is that um, the Red Ranger, Alex, proposes to Jen, the Pink Ranger. Um, it appears that they have been dating for some time and that they've been sort of waiting for this assignment to end so that they could get married and take some time off and relax. Unfortunately, they're not going to get that time off because as Rancic is being rescued and uh he gets his time travel shit together and gets his lieutenants together um after he's rescued and the rangers are trying to stop him from time traveling he straight up kills alex which is actually a little bit like this is the power rangers are continuing to up the stakes and the and the sort of uh the body count that the show is willing to push because in the early seasons, they would not have done this. Yeah, that's this is insane. Like, how do you kill the main character the first episode? <laughs> they go for it. It's definitely ambitious, however, the acting. <laughs> <laughs> all right. They certainly try their best. <laughs> so, all right. So, I, you, I you know the props. I, I give the act, actors props just for maintaining a straight face. And, and acting straight the those lines. Yeah. Despite wearing this ridiculous costume. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. It's it's one of those instances where, uh, you know, like, Kennedy and I were talking about the previous season's acting. And Kennedy got, on my case, for, like, not, like, sort of, uh, 
thinking of the acting as a sort of criticism last season because I was like, actually, the acting was really good. Like, I know it was like daytime Emmy type stuff, but it was actually really good last season. In this episode, oh man, like some of the delivery of this lines, it goes like full on. Like the cheese factor is just set into maximum over cheese. Like it was like a definite plankton <laughs> moment from SpongeBob. <laughs> yeah, it was it was wild. I was like, I what? that was one of the special appeals of Power Rangers. <laughs> the cheesy <laughs> and the cheesy acting. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. But, but we, you have to you have to you have to give it like I was actually surprised how much drama packed in into like 15 18 minutes like even like halfway through like nine minutes in a lot of things happened you got the uh, super villain already arrested you got a marriage proposal you got a jailbreak and then you got the, the character kill you know that's like oh my god they just get got engaged now you, you got a person killed this is like amazing i mean for <laughs> a children's show that's that's pretty yeah pretty a lot of things packed in yeah, 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 yeah. What is the target audience of Power Ranger, by the way, back in the you know when they came out? Well, you know what's that teenagers or like what's interesting is they didn't always know themselves while they were making it in the early seasons. The the show is like pretty solidly aimed at like the eight to twelve demographic for the most part, but then like it sort of drifts around a little, and for a time they're kind of drifting younger. But then they realize that their audience doesn't really didn't really like that, you know. And I would say that like this was still like it was still kind of for like the eight to twelve demographic somewhat, but it was also somewhat for older kids, and it was definitely for kids who were at that stage in life that you know you're watching this and you're thinking about getting older and like be, like being a, a grown up and like having that those kinds of abilities that a grown-up has like that's that's what they like kind of eventually realized their target audience was and that's when the show really embraced this slightly serious side because it's like that's what these kids were wanting to see was like these these sort of fantasies of being an adult yep it's like watching your older brother you know do something cool and thinking dang one day that'll be me <laughs> yep, yep. That was like, yeah. So, so, so they really leaned into it this time for sure. Because, um, yeah, just immediately killing the Red Ranger and causing. I mean, Jen is immediately she becomes the leader of the group, but also she becomes this very wounded character as a result of this right away, and uh, and and starts expressing this in a lot of ways right away, um, which is kind of like an interesting choice because they don't they don't make any attempt to like hide her grief or her like trauma they just kind of put it at the forefront so that's jen has to, yeah that's literally the a plot um mm -hmm. so jen has to step up take control of the situation she becomes the de facto <laughs> leader and she says listen rancic may have gone into the past but we can too we're time police said so time is on the badge um, let's do this, <laughs> you know, uh, and, uh, they take off for the past, which leads us to part two at the beginning of part two, Rancic and his gang 
are kind of excited because they feel like, you know, hey, we're back in this time when, you know, we're going to be way more powerful than the police that they have at this time, which actually doesn't make sense because the light speed force would have existed around this time. But uh, <laughs> uh, uh, we're going to be way more powerful than the police they have around this time. Um, and uh, no one's going to be able to stop us. You know, we're from the future and we're, we're super powerful compared to these these plebs. And they start just wiling out, you know, robbing places and, and acting like, you know, they could get away with anything. Um, this is when I realized that, like, the original timeline to the Power Rangers has been modified, right? Now that people have gone to the past, that means like we're living in the time force altered timeline now. After yeah. the season's over with, which I think is really cool. Like as a as a concept, I always find that concept really cool because the implications, especially for a long running series like Power Rangers, who does callbacks to earlier seasons and stuff, it would be interesting to see how it plays out in future seasons as like the repercussions from this season plays out. But also, you know, nine eleven happens in real life, so. Know that that affects everything too. Yeah, all, all all of media changes after that in in the United States. The Rangers have had like a rough journey in the ship. The, the the time ship is not doing well. It's leaking fuel. They realize that the ship is going to be destroyed. They're barely able to successfully travel it through time to Earth and get out the important equipment, especially their morphers and their sweet motorcycles. <laughs> we're back to motorcycles being cool again <laughs> but they basically like they don't have the ship they can't easily get back now um they don't have all of their equipment just the essentials and they've got to try to stop rancic still and unfortunately what they discover right away is that they can't use the chronomorphers because you have to have all five rangers or something or you have to have someone unlock it this part's a little confused they don't they kind of explain it a few different ways and then they don't really make it clear what the actual exact problem is but um but they need they need someone of the correct dna whatever that means to um (laughs) unlock all the morphers by putting the Red Ranger Morpher on them. It's okay, because um, that was the fastest feature, Kennedy. You don't have to feel bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and by the way, the new place is Silver Hills. You're going to have to start redoing the intro. You're right. Residents of Silver Hills, because that's right. where they end up in 2001. I um, forgot about that. Silver Hills. It's like a Sonic the Hedgehog-ass level. The, the quality of the name <laughs> is kind of going down. Um, Mariner so, Bay was really cool. I'm not gonna that was, lie. That was a good name. That was a good. It kind of reminded me of like Boston or something for some reason. Silver Hills definitely sounds like a Sonic level. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Welcome <laughs> to the Silver Hill Zone. <laughs> They're like, what are we gonna do? We don't have our morphers, and and they barely get away from Rancic. And uh, Rancic is basically like, haha, you fools! I'm just gonna keep wrecking stuff here in 2001. Goodbye forever. They're not sure what to do, but they bump into, oh, what do you know? Someone who looks almost exactly like Alex, a distant relative of his from the past named Wesley. They start kind of scheming that maybe Wesley could unlock the morphers. But at first, there's a lot of emotions about this. First of all, Jen is traumatized by seeing someone that looks so much like her dead fiance. 
Second of all, um, Wesley seems to be this sort of rich party boy dumbass that isn't necessarily to be trusted with power. <laughs> this is like meeting Bruce Wayne before he becomes the Batman, essentially. Yeah, it, it definitely gives off that kind of vibe. It actually, like, this pulls it down for me. I know, like, this is just a oh, Red Ranger backstory or whatever. Like, this is what his father was or whatever back then. Or great. I think it's... If that's a thousand years of the future, we're talking like like she's with his like great, 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 great grandfather. Yeah, like it's like way down the line, the descended line that you're going for this. But he kind of gives me like Arrested Development vibes. You know what I mean? Like just like rich kid apologia for the masses. Like, haha, rich people are just having fun. <laughs> and I'm just like, man, this shit sucks. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, no duh, this 20-something white guy has enough money to learn kung fu and also be able to take time out of his day to not acquire the family business, but instead meet up with a girl, you know, and like all this other shit um, and just take the day off willy-nilly. Definitely, like, privileged asshole vibes. And they, they do it on purpose. It's not to say that they don't do it on purpose in this show, but having, like, revisited 2000s media, early 2000s media especially, and, like, how they go into, like, rich person apologia, like, this is the rich person being able to relate to the common man by being slightly put into a bad situation for a little, like, for a little bit, you know? And now they come out of the other side <laughs> humbled. Uh, it just it just felt like one of those things, and I'm like, mm, mm, yeah. No. It's always interesting how those stories like they always get humbled, but that humbling never involves them giving up their wealth, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like they never walk away from it. Like, dang, I was wrong. Let me give the factory that I own to my workers. They're just like, dang, I was wrong. I'll go back to my mansion now and be a slightly better person. While still living in this mansion, <laughs> I gotta start treating them with respect. <laughs> because that's the only too. way you can help. That's the only way you can help. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, th- like that—that's just the vibes I was getting. Sorry to detract from it, but it's just one of those things that's like really kind of put me on a bad mood about about that guy. Yeah. The Wesley character, not my favorite so far, but again, not intended to be your favorite at the beginning. He he acts like Jason Bateman acts. You know what I'm saying? Like he has that yeah. dick, like that rich yeah. prick, like sort of like I'm an asshole, sarcastic asshole, but you're supposed to love me because I have chutzpah type deal, like that type of stuff. And I get again, again, I I get it, I get it, but it, it teeters on like being too much sometimes. <laughs> Even for a kid's television show. There's kind of like a will they, won't they with the Rangers and Wesley. Not in and that in, way. And not in like that way. Not not <laughs> in like the not in the Andros way. Um, but it just in a just in a will he be the Red Ranger kind of way. Um, and what's interesting is at first they get him to unlock the morphers and then tell him to fuck off because he's such a he's such an arrogant ding dong. That they're just like, we'll just fight with the four of us with the morphers unlocked. 
and we won't even bother to, to find a fifth ranger right now. But in the end, of course, um, Wesley kind of proves himself and the rangers kind of accept, accept him as a result. And they beat the enemies together and Rancic kind of realizes that this whole 2001 thing is maybe going to be a little more complicated than he originally planned. Of course, the same is true for the rangers. Their time ship is destroyed, to, to just reiterate. Yeah. Um, the only other thing I, I want to emphasize as I like finish the plot recap here is just uh, something I didn't mention at all yet is the Cyclobots, which are the default minion this season. Powerful. Uh, so cool. These are like the coolest looking. We've had some kind of dorky minions the last few seasons that really didn't look that convincing some of them the light speed ones weren't that bad but they weren't memorable uh the lost galaxy ones kind of looked like they were from party city like it just hasn't been great all the time these ones are neat they look like these weird bronzy kind of robot things and they're a little reminiscent of the minions from in space because they have blade hands and they're robots but they're even cooler than those and and i i just like them <laughs> yeah, I, I really like the I really like the minion designs too. I think the villain designs overall in this introduction were really strong. Um, yeah, the Time Force outfits also really strong. That Pink Ranger outfit, hella strong. Very I, cool Ranger outfits. Yeah, awesome designs all around this season. Uh, love the theme song. Big fan of uh, Jason Radford. I, I've said it before, but I think per, that guy just does banger theme songs. I I could put them on all the time. Kennedy and I uh, play Power Rangers theme songs all the time. Time Force is definitely in that rotation. <laughs> and Lightspeed Rescue, of course. I will say, though, as we wrap up the, the plot recap, I know everybody is, like, super pogged about Time Force. I, I think I come off... I think it's because I came off of watching other American television recently and see, like, the Red Ranger, that sort of, like, rich guy prick acting recently and, like, getting really turned off from it when I tried watching Arrested Development for a little bit. Like that kind of like put me off. Also, um, the Pink Ranger grits her teeth a lot. Like when she's like, <laughs> when she's like, when she's fighting, um, and she's like, "No, you will never have them." She just like grits so her much teeth. Tooth. She grits her teeth so fucking hard, and I'm like, I get it. You have passion. I understand. You lost your loved one, but at the same time. <laughs> Like, literally, like, she'll be in combat facing off against enemies, and it'll be, like, a blade-on-blade shot. And she's, like, has, like, a downward-facing, uh, like, like almost like an upside-down face with, like, her teeth gritting. And that face is, like, <laughs> constant throughout a lot of the action sequences, and it's distracting. But overall, like, it's one of those things where it's kind of, like, really hard to judge because they, they just rolled with it. Like Carl Zahn was saying, they just, like... They took that script and they were like, "We're we're 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 whole hogging this one today, boys. Let's go." <laughs> you know, so like, <laughs> yeah. So like, they play out these sequences as serious as they can, and like, especially I think with the Raid Ranger death sequence, it's like two notches too serious. I think Lightspeed Rescue had the best balance for sure. And I think, like, overall, that type of stuff kind of drags it down for me. I think some of the other characters also didn't get a lot of screen time, right? Like, Blue mm -hmm. Ranger in particular didn't get much screen time. Uh, Green Ranger has a bit of mysticism behind him. 
Uh, yeah, they hint at some some kind of uh, he's like an alien. Yeah, what did you trip, think about trip him, is... Carl? <laughs> what did I you thought think he about had trip? some eye. I like didn't you have like a third eye suddenly opening? Yeah. Uh, I didn't understand that. I'm just like okay, I'm just rolling with it. Um, <laughs> maybe that's X-Men, <laughs> right? Like X-Men Power Ranger crossover. I, 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 yeah, I don't, I don't, I thought it would maybe like so, so this is like a background story. I, you know, that was covered before or. No, I didn't know. I, I, I was just rolling with it. Not That's actually at all. a really good comparison, <laughs> actually. It's much like uh, Days of Future Past. It's mm. definitely it's definitely like that arc, for sure. I, I think I'll, I'll get started with my review, since I know I've already like chimed in with my opinion so far. It also kind of reminded me of a bunch of other shows. I think uh, there's a show called Continuum that came out in the early 2010s. Uh, it came out after Occupy Wall Street, but before the Bernie Sanders campaign. So it's this really weird, like, Canadian progressive-ish, like, anti-fascist show. Um, but it also, unfortunately, serves as, like, a bit of propaganda as it tries to envision, like, a socialist future uh, in that show. But episode one and two of Power Rangers Time Force, like, Continuum actually lifts that plot line of the A plot of Power Rangers Time Force almost to a T. Except instead of like, you know, a group of Rangers, it's just one like super fast cop. You know, going back to the past and then like re re uh, contextualizing their politics in that, that that world, you know? So like seeing that I thought was really cool, but I think it does get set back by some of the acting here and also like the Red Rangers, Jason Bateman prick acting like really triggered me a bit. I'm gonna get it, I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna give it an eight because it does a lot. It definitely does a lot and it hits more than it misses. It's just what it does miss for me, it misses a little bit on a visceral level that's hard to ignore. <laughs> yeah. Carl, what what did you think on the amount that you watched? I know you didn't I don't think you got to watch all of it, but what did you think from what you watched? I, I watched the first uh, I just, I was, uh, us, you guys are going through the summary. I just, well, I just finished it. And I, I have to say, like, in the beginning, you, I was kind of taken aback. I was like, what the hell am I watching? Why is this, like, so old, so cheesy, so, like, so cheap as the Star Wars clone? And then, uh, <laughs> as I get into it, you know, like, after you suspend all your beliefs and just roll with it, I realized. Wow, there's a lot of story get packed in into like a 15, 18 minutes episode. Like, you know, for, for the, you know, you have very, the story moved very fast. You, you introduce mm-hmm. a, a crisis, a villain, you know, then you, you have the drama, you have the marriage proposal, which kind of, that's, it's always a bad thing when they introduce marriage proposal so early. You know, you know, that's like bad something time. bad is going to happen. But then, then you have the the, the 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 Red Ranger actually getting killed. I mean, that's like I did not expect that. Like that, <laughs> I didn't. You, you know, I, even though I know something bad is going to happen when he proposed, but I did not expect it happens like that, right? Yeah, away. like literally, and, like five minutes later, it's like, oh no, that guy's dead. <laughs> yeah. Like, Oh wait, wait! There's medics. They're rushing into the to save it. Oh no, no, he's he's still dead. He's and, gone. And, like the 
like the 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 actors actually take themselves very seriously. <laughs> I mean, like like to to in a way like a little bit more convincing to bring you to the story about you know it's just, it's a very deep story about for like mm-hmm. creative you know like you have the love and you have the loss you have you have the the, the struggle against you know struggle against uh, the, the evil but you have all these human emotions and, and, and dynamics like the team dynamic everything getting bring in so i think it's uh i i give it i give it at 8, 8.5 you know like like just 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 forget about the aesthetics all of the plastics you know just accept that that's part of the appeal of the show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, just, yeah. Just pog. Just pog. Don't think pog. Brain empty. Pog. <laughs> How do you do that? It, it, it's pretty good. I have to say it's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Kennedy, what did you think? I think I'm going to be the surprising one because I'm usually the most critical one on this show. But I'm going to give this intro a 10. That's right. Let me tell you why. Because the whole is greater than the sum of its parts. We were discussing this during Lightspeed. Sometimes something is better than, you know, its problems. And this is one of those things. Sure, it's not perfect. But this is the best Power Rangers intro we've ever seen. This really, like... Every single season, they've got to try to sell you on a new group of heroes, a new situation, new villains, new setting, and they do their best to get you excited about all of the different aspects of what's going on in a short span of time. And they really did it better here than they ever have, in my opinion. They really get you, you're feeling like, just so many things that all that's really missing is like a little extra characterization of some of the Rangers that don't get as much time and some things like that. All that's really wrong is that the acting is a little cheesy. Well, we all know what we're here for. Um, you know, um, <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> this is, this is, this is like really like just a, a, a very exciting, thrilling, emotional and action packed intro that sets the tone, sets the stakes, sets up the world, and really packs a lot, a lot into a little bit of time. I mean, we really glossed over, uh, if, if you are listening, haven't watched it yet, you know, when you go watch this, you're going to be like, wow, they really glossed over a fair bit. Yeah, it's dense. Um, and so that's why I have to be like, I just have to give it the 10 because this is, this is the best Power Rangers intro we've seen. It really will, is. It's amazing. I will definitely say it is the most dense. And like I said, I, I do think it, it hits more than this. I can see where you're coming from. Yeah. Um, I'm not. I'm not going to say like, man, your opinion's trash, homie. Put it in the. Put it. You should have left that. <laughs> you should have left that one in the drafts. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to go that far. Um, but I, I do think I still. Just something on that that visceral level, man. That that shit got to me. I, it really yeah, got I, me. I, I don't blame you. I don't blame you. I think your criticisms are totally correct. I just think that this was just a this was just a big turn your brain off and 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 enjoy it intro for me. <laughs> now I'm getting <laughs> on it on the opposite end. <laughs> if I was eight, maybe I I would think those are like really cool costumes, like more plastic. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I think the crazy part about Time Force Two is that. It's the least safe, I think. 
out of all all of the the Power Rangers, because even like Lost Galaxy, as ambitious as Lost Galaxy was, Lost Galaxy still kind of relied on nostalgia of like in space at certain moments and like other characters to like sell you on the vision of Lost Galaxy. Here, yeah. here in Time Force, they're just like throwing shit at you. They're like, no, this is just the way it works, and you're just gonna have to accept it. They they treat the viewer with respect. And yeah. uh, it's one of the, the rare times that Hayim Saban blesses us with this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Carl, thank you so much for, for coming on board. Thank you so much for agreeing to this. Uh, sorry for the, the scheduling um, conflicts. Before, before you get no, out of here. Before you to the best Power Rangers <laughs> episode, probably. <laughs> <laughs> like, now I can actually understand why so many youngsters were so excited about this series. Before, like, I don't get it. I'm like, this is so cheesy. And, but now I, I get it. I get it. I, I can see how it happened. So thank you. Thank you for uh, for, for getting, getting me in touch with a piece of 1990s culture, <laughs> teenage culture. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Before uh, we do the full outro, we got to ask, uh, would you would you now check out Power Rangers further? Would has this sparked your interest enough that you would consider like watching a little more at some point? Okay, if um if there happened to be a a, a downloaded Power Ranger season <laughs> on my laptop, and then my internet is cut off tomorrow, yeah, I will watch it. Yeah. <laughs> I will be in your DMs at some point tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I definitely want to have you on again for sure, Carl. Uh, if you didn't know, there's this Super Sentai called Gosei Sentai Die Ranger. It's the Chinese mythology Sentai. So it's like the Japanese. Okay, take- so we're not. Yeah, so it's yeah, so a we're, Japanese now we're tokusatsu the- that has chi- that's based around that's based on uh, Chinese mythology, which is pretty awesome. I'm interested. Yeah, yeah. Send uh, me the link. Yeah, it actually has it actually has some like reverence amongst the uh, amongst Chinese audiences. It seems like like I'll uh, Google translate some of the comments on like the Die Ranger intro theme song because kennedy knows i play that theme song quite often um, yeah. <laughs> um i just love the theme song it's a great theme song uh if you look at like the google translate for like the chinese comments they're like wow this is actually pretty great <laughs> so it's, it's it's awesome to see kind of like that sort of solidarity continue through um and i would love to have you on for that but i'm definitely glad that, that you enjoyed power rangers and i'll definitely much like uh my friend, my friend Pablo keeps me up to date with some of the best like Chinese dramas. Um, I'll keep you up to date with some of the best Power Rangers series. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Carl. Where can people find you on social media? And is there any projects you're working on as well? Yeah, so I am. Um, just look for me, Carl. It's my Twitter handle. Um, Carl spelled with a C, and my and my last name Z. H A uh, Zebra Henry Apple and uh, my I, I'm mostly I'm on Twitter all the time. Sometimes you can find me on Facebook as well. Again, my name Carl Za, and I have um so I, I do run a podcast, the Silk and Steel podcast, 
focusing on primarily on China and surrounding regions, the history, culture, and politics. And and recently, I have a couple multiple projects uh, happening on my podcast. I'm doing a a chronological retelling of Chinese history from the very beginning. Right now, I'm up to a、uh, thousand year BC, <laughs> so I have another three thousand years to go、uh, to reach the present. And I, I'm also going to just start a pretty soon going to start a series on the Korean War, but from the Chinese perspective,、uh, and another series on the Chinese Civil War.、Um, there's an ongoing series right now, other than the the, the chronological retelling of Chinese history. I'm also doing a, a Golden Triangle series. Um, telling the story of how, with the CIA help,、uh, Myanmar became the world's largest base、uh, production base for opium and heroin before Afghanistan got taken over by NATO. Now, now Afghanistan has a has a hold that idol, but before Afghanistan, before 9/11,、uh, it was Myanmar, and and I I、uh, I go into very great depth,、uh, you know, both from the origin of the opium trade. Uh, to how you know Myanmar, northern Myanmar, become like kind of the world supply of opium and heroin. And、uh, right now, I'm kind of halfway. Well, I don't know, maybe halfway, because I, I, my, my friend really went from like from 1800s. We finally, in the last three, four episodes, we finally reached like 1949 to the time when the People's Republic of China was founded. So, so the next episode, we're going to talk about. How that product opium production gets shifted from China to Myanmar. So that that's that's what I'm working on. That's wild. I, I never、that's、even knew、so、about、awesome. that. That's so awesome. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that's crazy. Thank thank you. Yeah, <laughs> thank you so much, Carl, for coming on. I'm glad you enjoyed it. And、uh, yeah, really appreciate this opportunity. Hope to collaborate with you again for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And、uh, thank you, guys, everyone, for listening. We'll catch you next time. Rangers. Thank you so much for listening. If you liked what you heard, please make sure to rate our podcast five stars on iTunes and Stitcher. Subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to them. And as always, you can find Kennedy and I on Twitter. I am at Gravcast, and Kennedy is at Kennedy T Cooper. Stay safe, Rangers, and may the power protect you.